Welcome to the Burst Leadership Podcast, short conversations designed to help you grow into a healthier leader, one who knows God, loves others, and embraces life. Sometimes it'll be like chatting together over a cup of coffee, and sometimes we'll take a deeper dive. Let's get started. Hi friends, I'm Brent Hoover and it's my honor to be leading you through the 18 principles of effective leader development on this episode of the Burst Leadership Podcast. Going through these principles, it's easy to see Jesus truly was the wisest leader who ever lived. He knew what his father wanted to do. He knew people inside and out, and he knew how to build his disciples. Those are the three big questions for all of us. What shall we do? Who are the people we will build? And how are we going to get it done? Today's principle is going to show us that for Jesus, it meant being intentional about putting his future leaders into challenging situations where they would have to go through some suffering and growing pains. Principle number 11. Leaders are built through fire. This may be one of the hardest things you ever do as a leader in your direct work with people. Sometimes we're not good builders of people because we want to see them succeed quickly. And we also want them to like us all the time. And we sometimes feel that means making the road smooth for them. But what do we learn from Jesus? He loved them enough that he was willing to use hard things to do a deeper work in his students' lives. In fact, Jesus knew that in order to develop certain areas in an emerging leader, the only way would be building them through what we call fire or difficult challenges. Rather than get angry when a disciple makes a big mistake or has not matured in some area, we need to release this thing to God and trust that He is the one building people. And sometimes, building means breaking. Allowing a breaking process to happen first. Do you realize that as a leader? Do you know how to do it? It's not as easy as it sounds, and it's possible to do it in the wrong way. So let's consider Jesus' building of Peter at a critical moment in his life. Of course, he knew Peter would fail at some point, in his faith, character, and boldness once Jesus was arrested. But we see no rebuke here other than the direct words, Would you die for me, Peter? Before morning, you will have denied me three times. Then Jesus let that night play out. In each test, Peter's pride and fear was exposed. The shallowness of his faith and love was made very clear, and he knew it. And when he was caught the third time, and when he saw Jesus look over at him, he went away and wept bitterly. That is a huge breaking in Peter's life. What do you think it was for? But here's the point. Jesus did not keep Peter from this. He saw what the Father was doing inside Peter's heart because he had prayed for Peter. Remember that spiritual principle? And Jesus even told him, I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. 
Now, listen carefully to how Dr. Weber describes today's principle. The words he uses are very important, so I hope you catch the meaning. Quote, It is far better to put the emerging leader under pressure before he is given significant responsibility and authority than to wait until the time when failure under pressure will destroy both the leader and those with him. Therefore, we intentionally, but carefully and responsibly, put an emerging leader under pressure to squeeze deep heart issues to the surface where they can be revealed and resolved in the context of supportive, accountable community. End quote. Where do we see Jesus doing that? Here are a few examples of assignments that stretched the disciples. Each challenge has one or more holistic goals, so start thinking about what those might have been as I share them. Jesus sent them out to preach without going with them, and even told them not to take money or food. He put them in a boat, and they hit a storm that put tremendous fear in them. He allowed them to encounter demons in a boy who would not come out despite their best efforts. He asked them to find food for more than 5,000 people. He rested and retreated when they could have kept constantly busy with gospel work. He washed their feet with his own two hands as a servant would and asked those proud guys who were arguing about greatness to do this for each other. Even Jesus' life example was a kind of fire that challenged their existing thinking as a leader for God. And sometimes it's the mindset that is the most important thing to change. For example, Jesus went for dinners with lost, unclean, and sinful people who responded to him. And right before their eyes, they witnessed a tax collector at their group dinner repent of greed and cheating people. He forgave a woman guilty of sexual sins. He took a few of his closest men up on a mountain where they experienced his transformed glory and heard God's voice affirm Jesus as his son. And the list goes on and on. This is too beautiful to stop. But we have to in order to think about what it means. The key point is this. Jesus was intentional in using each of these experiences to build his leaders. He was building faith, breaking prejudices, challenging their lack of love and humility, and helping them know the power of the gospel. These are all part of the big goal of building them as leaders. For you to start going down this path, your thinking process needs these things. First, think about how people are made by God holistically and that He wants the whole person changed. Then, learn how Jesus shaped the disciples and think about how He shaped you experientially in the four dynamics that we're talking about. Finally, be intentional about building people through challenging experiences individually, and with groups in order to see change in one or more of those five C areas. A mini case study that I must mention is Peter and how he was changed by Jesus. I've thought a lot about this because I'm writing a book called P. 
Peter the leader built by Jesus, which I hope will help you in your ministry. One of the most important encounters began with Jesus asking Peter to take his boat out and put down the nets after catching nothing all night. You know the story, but do you know the story from the perspective of building a leader? From Jesus' request, Peter learned that Jesus may ask him to do inconvenient or uncomfortable things that might not make sense. Go out in the daylight and fish? Who does that? But he did it, and this showed his growing trust in Jesus. Then, Jesus brought forth a very humbling experience for Peter. When the great catch of fish came into those empty nets, Peter was so overwhelmed, so deeply moved, that he even bowed down to Jesus and said, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. How could these words have come from Peter's mouth? He recognized his own unworthiness because he experienced Jesus' holiness and power right in front of him. This fire, this hard experience, ended up bringing revealed truth to him about Jesus, himself, and his life calling. About Jesus, that he is the Lord, holy and awesome. About himself, Peter knew deeply and could say, I am sinful and powerless without him. About his call, Peter could say, I need not be in fear before God's holiness. Jesus has given me a new purpose, and he will use me to catch people for him. So do you see how this works? Again, that quote from Dr. Weber, intentionally, but carefully and responsibly put an emerging leader under pressure to squeeze those deep heart issues to the surface. So to balance out good instruction in your training model, add experiential learning, of course, and include some really hard stuff. It could be giving them a number of assignments all at once with a deadline to create stress and communication challenges. Or it could be the volume of an assignment, such as memorizing a chapter or a book of the Bible. Or the fire of starting a new ministry in a very difficult situation. Or perhaps a relational challenge, spending a whole lot of time with teammates whose personalities and styles are very different from each other, there will be a lot of friction. Or teaching a challenging passage of scripture rather than just the easy ones, that will make any young preacher pray more. For each of these things, think about the purpose, pray about the design, and then do it. Make space in the learning cohort for them to process the experiences. This is critical. They must have the chance to talk about it and share why it's hard and seek solutions from one another and God. You could add physical and ministry challenges together, such as trekking around an entire city for days or going from one town to another town while camping or depending on local people's help. They could pray for the city 
asking God for his heart for the people and share the gospel as they go or meet any needs they discover on the way. For many leaders, young or old, solitude will be a very difficult challenge. Build up to larger challenges slowly, moving from a few hours of solitude to a full day and eventually to several days of solitude. As you read the Gospels, you'll see how to do this, and God will lead you because each situation is different. If you have a strong relational web established with cohorts, intercessors, a church community, a healthy mentor and pastor, and willing participants, you will soon realize that one of the best ways to cause a deep application of biblical truth to real life is to use this principle. Leaders are built through fire. Well, this was a long podcast today, but it was so important, and I hope it has been as helpful to you as it has been for me. Remember, whatever you do, go with God and have a great day. This has been the Burst Leadership Podcast. For more resources on healthy leadership, check out our website, leadersource.org.